Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. <laughs> Over the weekend, uh, one of these guys on the uh, morning, uh, what is it, Fox and Friends show on the weekends, this guy who's a military um, hero, really, Pete Hexeth, um, he apparently got caught eating a piece of pizza that had been left out for a day, something I'm sure that other people have done in their time. Hobo, have you ever eaten a day-old piece of pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's always so, refrigerated. No, no, not refrigerated, left out. I think I've done that too, but... Exactly. Um, so anyway, when he got called out for eating the pizza yesterday, he said he doesn't worry about getting sick because germs are not a real thing. <laughs> Which is different than the pizza. It wouldn't be that it was germ. It would be that it was spoiled. Um, but that's something else. I mean, I don't want to confuse him. And then he said that he hasn't washed his hands for 10 years. I don't really wash my hands ever, he said. And... I mean, there's such an uproar about this comment. And I have to, I have to, he sort of freed a lot of us um, to say that with very rare occasions, I mean, the only time that I feel compelled to wash my hands is after I use the, uh, the restroom, you know, because I think that it's a good idea at that point. Um, you don't know what on earth you've touched or what's come out of you, to be honest. So I do wash my hands as I exit the bathroom, but I do not wash my hands all the time the way people do. Oh, uh, you shook my hand. I have to go wash my hand. I need sanitizer and all this. I have friends who have a bottle of sanitizer in their hands at all times. They are forever sanitizing their hands. Like, oh, I don't want to get sick. I might catch a cold and you, t you, you know, I touch this and you touch that. I know that there is such a thing as germs, but I think my immune system is able to fend off most germs. How? Well, it's interesting you do say that, but go ahead. How, um, how often are the people in this radio station ill? I mean, fairly often, fairly often, right? Would you say that I'm one of the people who gets ill the most or one of the people who gets ill the least? Listen, you, you get blessed because you only get sick on the weekends. And, and barely sick. I mean, not sick enough to stay home. You know, I do not, um, I do not feel, I'll give you a perfect example. And I raised my kids that way, and they are obvious um, evidence of it. Um, when a baby is born now, they send the mother home with like this hand sanitizer and all of these wipey diapies mm -hmm. and everything like, you know, just you can't, don't touch and everybody must have clean hands before they touch your baby. Um, I, when my daughter brought home my grandson, the oldest grandson, who's going to be a famous news anchor, I'm convinced, after he sent me this videotape of him reporting from the ocean side on a stranded turtle, which was hell... Uh, much more interesting than any of the news that was on network television. But anyway, um, she came home with all this stuff and she said, Mom, like, uh, I think I'm supposed to tell you to use the hand sanitizer before you diaper the baby or, t or handle the baby or touch the baby. And I said, Jenya, I am not doing that. This child will build up resistance to things by not being treated like a hothouse flower. These kids that get treated like hothouse flowers are sick all the time. I said, when you were born, I didn't know any better. 
and as a direct result, you were victim to every bug, virus, everything out there. Your brother, on the other hand, is usually by the time you have the second kid, you don't think that way, and you know that you can get away with not washing your hands every 30 seconds. So, I didn't do that, and your brother was never sick. Oh, well, he was sick as he had revealed on my show a week or two ago um on the during the summer he would catch like chicken pox and really uh, what i would do is i would send him to a person's house who had it so he could get it done you know and he built up all kinds of immunities he doesn't get sick hardly at all he gets sick he goes to work like me it's never that bad it's not that I never get sick. It's just that I never get the way I see people. Like, oh, I can't get off my couch. I can't leave the house. I got to go to the urgent center. I cannot remember the last time I visited a doctor over a cold or, or you know, anything like that. I don't do it. Well, I don't get that sick. If you can just, okay, an example of just like people in other countries that don't take care of themselves like we do over here yeah. their immune system's better than ours they can Absolutely. drink out of rivers and all this other stuff we can't do that over here we do that river kill us right <laughs> exactly and that's why i say you know we have not done our children or young people a favor by uh, treating them like they're you know uh, uh, going to get sick if they don't wash their hands every five minutes i'm sorry but i have some friends who there's a there's a young lady who works in this radio station. And I don't really know her. But, like, you know, if you ever pass her in the ladies' room, you know, she won't open the door without a piece of paper in her hand. You know, and I, I'm like, what's that all about? You know, she's, for, she's afraid to touch anything. And, like, I, I don't get that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think about it. Now, like I said before, I think people use the restroom. They should wash their hands. Uh, you know, that's, that's just... You know, because who knows? You know, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but like if people don't wash their hands, you're going to, you know, you just ew. OK, but it's not because I'm worried about germs. It's because I got to, you know, make sure that uh, whatever. Oh, anyway. So this poor guy is taking a beating over saying that he doesn't believe in germs. Well, I believe in germs. I just don't believe they jump off of everything onto me. OK. Um, remember the for a while we were using the uh, term freedom fries. Um, yeah, you know, my friend uh, actually coined the term freedom fries. Um, Representative Walter Jones passed away this weekend. He spent 34 years in Congress. Um, he had a broken hip about a month ago, and I. Um, I just got the word from his former chief of staff, who I knew, that um, he passed. Um, he was the person who coined the term freedom fries to protest uh, the way France was treating us over the Iraq war. And I, you know, ironically, he later came to understand that he would change his mind about that war and became one of the most outspoken critics. Um, and opposed U.S. involvement uh, in the Middle East up until his death. Um, very sad that that uh, that he passed away. Well, he was only seventy-six, I think. Um, and so now North Carolina has an empty seat, and a very conservative um, congressman um, is gone. I don't know what their rules are there. I didn't even ask the chief of staff. We were just in the morning mood. I loved 
Walter. I, I loved him. He was one of the few congressmen that when I went to Washington, I would go out of my way to stop by his office, and he always welcomed me, probably because his chief of staff was <laughs> a friend of mine, I guess. But he was just a decent, good man. Um, and and we're, we're losing a whole uh, group, again, of conservatives in the off-election. Off you know, when we're not in pending, not in campaign mode. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this all shapes out. Because I got to believe that some of these freshmen that have come in there, especially the ones, the, the Democrats in these swing districts that Trump won, aren't going to last. Um, but do the Republicans have, you know, people ready to run? I just, I see the Republican Party, and I'll talk about this with, remind me to talk about this with Kaylee tomorrow, um, Hobo. She'll be appearing on the shows on, on Tuesdays now. Um, but are they preparing for some, you know, some serious challenges in the 2020 congressional election? Because you know what they're counting on? I know what they're counting on. Trump. Trump being at the top of that ticket. That they're going to win back these districts that he won. And I don't think that's a good strategy. I think they got to start uh, coming up with some Tea Party-like candidates that are not going to be afraid to challenge the uh, the Democrats. Man, they are. I can't wait. I hope somebody hires me. Hey, look, I'm making myself available as a campaign uh, consultant to anybody who wants to win a congressional seat in 2020. I will help you to do that. Now, that I'm not opening that offer to everybody, especially if they're going to run against these, you know, entrenched Democrats in Broward County. Move on. All right. But there are um, some seats that I think could be won back. I, I, I think Donna Shalala is, uh, you know, not in a great position, but you need to find somebody to run in that district who can win, preferably a very strong um, Hispanic, to be honest. Uh, and, and a female, preferably, because it's the year of the cat. I mean, the year of the kitty cat or the year of the woman. I don't know what it is. It's the year of, it's actually the year of the pig in the Chinese New Year, which is always a good year for me. I was born in a, in a year of the pig year. So apparently every year of the pig is a good year for me. So something's gonna, gonna happen great to us, hobo. Well, you're, I'm year of the dog. No, but you're with me, and I, I'm all that matters. <laughs> all right. In terms of our show here, like I'm not not waiting for the year of the dog. It's the year of the pig, and we're going. Something big is about to happen. I have no idea what that means, but I felt compelled to say it. Um, so, R.I.P. Walter Jones. Um, it was a great story of how I met his chief of staff. I was up broadcasting in Washington at one of these. Um, fair rallies and i think it was the year that either lou dobbs or or michael savage had won the big award and so we were all gathered in the in the u.s postal museum where the reception was being held they don't do it there anymore they do it at the phoenix park now but we were all gathered in there and my friend dan stein got up to give out the award and i was standing people started pushing towards the front you know how when you're in a big hall and there's no chairs or anything people want to get close to the speaker and so you know i had a, a plate in my hand of whatever the food items were they had like appetizers and stuff like that and i don't drink so i had food in my hand while everybody else was cocktailing it up and so all of a sudden 
I I get bumped from the back um, by people pushing forward. I happened to be down closer to where the speaker was going to speak. And I had this plate of food and it went up in the air and landed on this guy's shoulder and then dripped down the front of his suit. Not exactly, uh, you know, a great way to meet anybody or to impress anybody. And so he turned around and you could tell that he was like super aggravated because he was wearing a suit. It was a nice suit. And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, excuse me. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, but somebody, you know, bumped in me, into me from the rear. And he said, are you Joyce? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm Walter Jones's um, chief of staff. And like, you know, I talked to you on the phone when you try to get him on your show and stuff. Like, I've always wondered, you know, what you were like. And the guy was so nice to me. And there he was, like, dripping with, like, that red uh, duck sauce stuff that I had on my plate. And it's dripping down his lapel. And he was as nice as could be, just like Walter. Just nice. And uh, a couple of years later, when I thought I was going to D.C. to be a chief of staff, I contacted him. I said, can you show me the ropes? And he says, I'm not doing that anymore. And he said, but I'll be glad to show you the ropes. Unfortunately, I never made it. Well, no, fortunately, I never made it. And I got blessed to stay behind and, and do my radio show. Anyway, that's ancient history. Um, let's just take a quick break and we'll be right. And by the way, if you just turned on the, the show, it, this show is going to end at 1 o'clock because I started at 10 o'clock. So please make note of that and please tell your friends because anybody who turns the show on looking for the show at one o'clock is going to be sadly disappointed because by one o'clock I'm going to be heading south on I-95 or thereafter. Wow. Sometimes you see stories that you just, yeah, you, you, you cringe, really. Um, you know, Washington State has new legislation and, and a lot of these uh, gun legislations that have been happening quietly and the intention which is quite obvious to me on the part of these democrats to um really come after the second amendment um that there's a, a fascinating power struggle going on in the state of washington uh, they put all these new restrictions on semi-automatic uh, firearms um but the sheriffs in the state say they won't enforce the new laws until they are deemed constitutional. Yes. Um, the new laws include requiring a minimum age of 21 to purchase any semi-automatic rifle, um, which, by the way, is in place here, requiring a purchaser to pass a safety course and an expansion of background checks. The NRA claims the new legislation is unconstitutional. It is unconstitutional. It's not just a claim. Um, and Sheriff Tom Jones says, I swore an oath to defend our citizens and their constitutionally protected rights. I do not believe the popular vote overrules that. This is going to be fascinating. Thank God. Brett Kavanaugh is in the Supreme Court. It's going to end up there. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. So there they are. The border talks, by the way, are stalled. 
and they're stalled because the lawmakers are full of uh, baloney. There is a cap that they want placed on the amount of beds in detention. So now what do you do if the number of interceptions increases beyond the cap, right? It's called catch and release, and that's what we've been doing. And that is what the president promised we were going to stop doing. So that's a that's a no that's a non-starter, as they say, or that's a that's an area where I don't think the president is going to want to make any concessions. But hey, what do I know? Apparently, um, you know, I, I thought that that there would be such an overwhelming rejection of socialist stuff uh, on the part of Americans, and and that seemed quite evident to me with the election of Donald Trump. And yet, I watch the you know, if you were to believe what you see on television and what you hear and read in the newspapers and hear on the radio, then you would be convinced that uh, all the millennials out there want socialism. Uh, so I, I just did a little anecdotal study over the weekend because I, I happened to be, there's my friend Walter Jones. See, they just finally announced that he passed. Um, that was uh, just a, a CNN uh, piece. Uh, the The scariest thing of all for me is when I listen to our elected representatives and they appear so out of touch and then I listen to the media and they appear to confirm how out of touch they are. And then I'm expected to believe the crap that they're selling. And and the biggest crap story that I've heard in a while is that millennials are all about free stuff and millennials want all this, uh, you know, socialistic thinking to come in. So I said, I'm around a lot of millennials. Um, I, I actually, you know, uh, am in leadership in a church full of millennials. Okay. So I have good working knowledge I, I would not include my kids they're older than millennials but i uh you know i get to talk to them and over the weekend i asked a number of them some serious questions about what their observations are and what do they think about um free college some of them are back in school in grad school uh, some of them return to school after a period of not being able you know having to work um, maybe work two jobs, and now that the economy's gotten a little better, they're able to pursue some higher education. I know a couple of girls getting nursing degrees and master's degrees, and a couple of guys doing the same thing. And I said to them, you know, well, so what do you think? Should you should you know higher education be free? Um, and this is what almost each one of them said to me. Well, if it's anything like K through twelve, who needs it? Now that's from Millennials, all right? They've never known anything but public education. I've never known anything but public education K through 12. I mean, it always existed. New York, when I was growing up, had one of the best school systems in the country, and it was a public school system. It's no longer like that. But apparently these millennials are acutely aware of what a bad job uh, was done in educating them. And, and that they're not all from Florida. Some of them come from parts, uh, New Jersey, New York. But the ones that grew up in Florida will tell you straight up that their uh, K through 12 experience did not prepare them for college. Just didn't. Now, I had two kids who went to public school in Broward County. And if it had not been for the fact that I cared enough to pursue magnet programs and that I worked with them at home and eliminated the TV and all that other stuff, um, they would not have 
have gotten and as it was even with all that extra added input because education is my original career um even with all that input the first year that each one of them went off and jenny went off to columbia and derek went off to uh harvard both of them said we are so inadequately prepared for this experience compared to the kids who are here because the young people who were there all came out of prep schools all came out of you know new york public schools which at the time were still okay and she said and jenny said to me i'll never forget she goes i don't know why i came to this school she said i should have gone to you know fsu maybe i could have caught up or something she goes but these people have read more they have uh you know, studied art and literature, and we didn't get any of that in school. They have, you know, advanced civics knowledge, and I'm, like, trying to catch up. And so when I approached them and said, do you want free college, free, uh, you know, grad school to these millennials? They said, no, nothing free is ever that great. That's what they said. So you don't even need to study the various economic policies like, whoa, capitalism versus socialism. That's not necessary. You just, uh, you just have to think and ask yourself this question. Is it realistic to provide quality college and grad school for free? Of course it's not. Somebody's got to pay for it. Now, who is that somebody? That somebody is people like me who paid for our college and grad school. So I get punished so that you can then have inferior grad schools for everybody who wants it, as if that were the answer to all of their um, needs. You know, I'm of the, what's his name, Mike Rowe School of Thinking. Some people should not go to college. Some people are very gifted in other areas. Certainly, is anybody going to tell um, whatever the, these these uh, musicians, Miley Cyrus or whoever, are you going to tell them what you really need is a college education? Uh, is anybody going to tell that to the to the uh, Kardashian girls or the Jenner girls? No, you know they don't need a college education to be successful. They need a lot of plastic surgery, but they don't need a college education. So why would you assume that everybody's going to get one or wants one? There are some people who'd be able to trade on a, on a talent. I mean, if ever we proved that uh, the majority of ball players, particularly basketball players, um, would would be able to rise on their talent alone, LeBron James is the proof of that. He came right out of high school into the NBA. And last time I checked, not hurting, you know, not particularly uh, bright, but, well, I can't say that. He's not educated, but he's certainly bright, and he's certainly successful. So this whole no notion that, oh, we got to guarantee education from K through uh, grad school for free um, is not only ridiculous, but it's... Um, it's kind of offensive to those of us who, who struggled and paid and studied and achieved uh, without the help of the government. And by the government, I mean without the help of the taxpayer. And by the taxpayer, I mean without my help and your help. If anything is worth achieving, then go get it. You know, the one thing about America, in spite of being told constantly that we're racist and you can't get ahead and all the rest of this nonsense, is you can. You literally can. If you're smart, if you're hardworking, um, you don't have to be uh, in jail. 
you you can be Ben Carson, who for all uh, you know, if you if we follow along with the normal mantra, should have ended up in jail. Instead, ended up as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Okay, and came darn close to getting a nomination and and running for the presidency. Okay, think about that for a second. You know what separates uh, Ben Carson from you know any other man of his age or any other black man of his age or any other any man of his age desire drive a willing um support group like his mother was intent that he and his brother would get educated she saw that as their way out encouraged them and and look at the heights i mean i think his brother's a very successful civil engineer i mean this this crap that we're allowing them to sell us that the uh, you know Ocasio Cortezes are trying to sell everybody is offensive. It really is. That's where the real racism is. When people tell me, oh, you know, the, they need a a, a special uh, dispensation. They shouldn't have to take the same tests, and uh, they should get uh, you know spots awarded to them by virtue of their gender or virtue of their uh, you know skin color. I, I think that's so demeaning. Nobody had to uh, give me a special break. They just had to give me an equal opportunity. And that's what's so great about this country, all right? You don't have to be born into a right family. You don't have to be the right color. You just have to be willing to work really hard. And that's the, you know, that's the best part. But to listen to what was going on this this weekend with this Green New Deal and the you know the free uh, health care and we're going to take away your health care plan, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, just exactly who are they appealing to? Are they? Uh, what is the group that finds that attractive? Because it apparently is not all millennials. I asked. It's definitely not all boomers. I know it isn't all seniors. So who does this really, who is the target audience? And if it's that tiny a target audience, and I suspect it is, then what the conservatives have to do, and in fact what the Republicans have to do, is ignore them. You're not going to get that small pocket of people's votes anyway. You know, if you want to put a pick, can you imagine, just for a minute, I think my friend Howard Galganoff said this in an article over the weekend, can you imagine if men called for a rally and wore hats that look like penises on their head? Just for one minute, can you close your eyes and actually picture a bunch of men standing around the streets of Washington, D.C. with hats on that look like phallic symbols, penises on top of their head? Would anyone take them seriously? Right? No, of course not. But when women decided to march with vaginal caps, I was supposed to take them seriously. Women do more harm to themselves with this nonsense than any man will ever do to them. And I'm not wearing a, uh, a pussycat hat until I see some men walking around with, with uh, penal hat hats on, okay? Because I, I don't want to be thought of less less appropriately than the men are stay right where you are we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come and wrap it up i'm i'm going to be done at one o'clock this is kind of freaky what do i do now
And what a way to end the show. I'm going to be speaking with uh, Senator Anatara Flores, the uh, Miami state senator, who has put together a bill that was way overdue. How are you, Senator? doing great joy hope you're doing well i am i had a time change so i'm running up against the clock but i uh i was excited to hear about this uh new bill that you filed regarding plastic surgery centers Yes, so, you know, as you say, it's something that's long overdue. We have this growing um, phenomena in Florida, particularly in South Florida, of clinics that have started to pop up where they provide cosmetic surgery in a non-medical setting, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. think about, you know, in your strip malls, you know, next to the grocery store, mm-hmm. there's a place where you can get cosmetic surgery done. Um, you know, in most of the places, um, it's safe and it's fine, but there are some incredibly bad actors where people are going in for what should be a very simple surgery and um, ending with some horrible results. And in several cases, at least eight cases, in the last couple of years of Florida, they have resulted in death. Mm. And so we are working on a bill to, to change that. We're working on a bill to make sure that there is needed regulation, uh, making sure that these places are getting inspected, that there are actually surgeons that are performing these, um, these procedures, um, because the last thing that we want in Florida is a, a, a black eye so that, you know, we don't want people to think of, of, of death when they think of our state. We want to think like, hey, if you're going to be getting surgery done at one of these places, that there is someone that's looking out for you to make sure that the place is safe and that the surgeons who are performing these procedures are certified and are being held accountable in case anything does go wrong. Yeah, I mean, there was one doctor, I think he had two different clinics, and he, he attribu- you know, 20% of the deaths are attributed to these clinics, which he just keeps yeah. changing the names of. Exactly. I mean, that's what's horrible. I mean, these are not loopholes. These are just major, major gaping holes mm-hmm. in the regulation. Um, that particular clinic is actually in my district, pretty close even to where I live. Mm. And I mean, this place keeps someone died, someone who came from Louisiana, a young mother of two. She came for what was supposed to be kind of a simple cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. She ended up dying. Mm-hmm. They um, closed the place down, changed the name, redid some marketing, opened up again, mm. and then the same thing happens. And then you look and you say, how can this be happening? How is it that no one is watching over? And part of it is because this is just something, like I said, that, that, that's kind of just new on the scene. Um, when laws were originally written in this area, one never expected that you would be getting the surgery done in, in a non-medical mm-hmm. area. Um, but, but that's not what's happening. They're opening up in strip malls. People are coming from across the country for something that should be simple. They're dying. And mm. it's not just um, tragic personally, um, but something that's really starting to affect the state and our economy as well. So we have to put a stop to it. Absolutely. And this is your last two years, right? You get term limited out. So uh, it would be a major accomplishment. Fight for it. I'm, I'm on your side. It would be. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you so much. I mean, listen, we've heard from so many people already who have been affected, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who um, people who have survived with their life but have not survived with their medical um, state intact. I mean, some of these places, what their post-operation directions are just like, hey, if something happens, call 911. Ah, um, yeah. You know, think about it, you know, it's horrible. When, you know, we've had doctors call us and say that they've, 
had to deal with the patient after these botched surgeries. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, had a doctor tell me it's amazing that these women are still alive, the ones that they've been able to help. This is a really, really, really big problem. All right. So we well, have to fix it this year. Yeah, good. You you do that. And I, I keep, me, keep me in the loop and let me know what's happening. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Senator Donatara so Flores, Republican from Miami.